Coming up this week on Kings of the Rings podcast, King Ricky and Mr. Fred preview this weekend's Crown Jewel event as well as some other things going on in the world of wrestling within the past couple of weeks, like Sting's announcing his retirement, hopefully it's real this time, uh, a review of NXT, NXT Halloween Havoc, fantastic if you ask me myself, and two brand new events for AEW and WWE. It is PLE crazy. I was almost going stir crazy by myself. And so therefore I brought on Canadian royalty, Mr. Fretz. It is crowned fools tonight on episode number 357 of Kings of the Rings podcast exclusively here on Wrestle Addict Radio. And it starts right now. Well, hello, everybody. How are you? Uh, it's me. It's me. It's King Ricky. Welcome again, and welcome back to Kings of the Rings Podcast, episode number 357, Crown Fools. Uh, as you guys know, the last time that we were here, uh, I was all by myself, and quite frankly, it was getting getting really lonely uh, by myself, although I enjoy my solitude, but I was teetering between solitude and loneliness, but let's be clear, folks. I am lonely no more. I went all the way up to the north, but unfortunately, the only thing I brought back was the cold-ass freaking weather, but I went all the way up north and found a great Canadian treasure known as the one, the only, Mr. Fretz. Fretz, how are you doing, sir? On this fine, snowy November evening, I am doing just fine, my good friend. Thanks for bringing me back on. It's it's cold, but the scotch is keeping me warm right now. How are you doing? <laughs> I, I'm I'm doing quite well, Mr. Fretz. I'm doing quite well. Uh, we got a lot of wrestling to talk about. We got a lot, a lot of wrestling to talk about. We got some good things to talk about. Mostly, I think almost all good things uh, to talk about uh, in this week in wrestling. And so it's going to be going to be a pretty, pretty. Pretty good fun time tonight. But first, let's address the elephant in the room. Obviously, we do not have uh, Mix Murphy, Kayfabe, and we do not have Willie T. And uh, just to be frank and pretty much out there um, in the open, it is it is going. To, it's possible, more likely probable that uh, we will not be seeing Willie T. or Kayfabe for a considerable amount of time. Like I said, I think a couple weeks ago, we were having, life has gotten in the way. You know, Kayfabe has a pretty pretty uh, non-traditional work uh, week. Uh, Will has taken on a producer gig, uh, which congratulates to him. I'm never going to get in the way of someone's progress in their career. And it so happens to conflict currently with the time frame in which we do this show live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, which is Wednesday nights around 8 p.m. Um, and we already know that there are a couple of TV rights deals that are in the way, that are on the way. Uh, SmackDown being slowified, obviously, that might that may change the um, change the landscape of when we watch wrestling programming, specifically with Monday Night Raw might be moving off of Mondays. Um, and so with so much volatility, and I've mentioned this before, um, 
until the dust settles, specifically more in more particularly with Monday Night Raw and NXT because they are a package deal. When the dust settles with their TV rights deals, which are going to be up in with within less than a year, and we know where they're going to go, and when they're going to air. It's a strong possibility Monday Night Raw may not be Monday Night Raw. And it's also a strong possibility it may go to, to a streaming service like Amazon. You know, when we find out all the details of that, that is when I plan to sit down with Kay and Will uh, and discuss where, what day of the week we will move the show to. But I did not want to move it prematurely without knowing all the details of all the other products that influence this show, particularly WWE and AEW. Uh, and so, in the interim, I'm just going to have a slew of guest hosts. Smiley, you're invited. Saquon, reluctantly, you're also invited. Mr. Fretz is going to be with us uh, tonight. So it could be a rotating cast of characters for a considerable amount of time. And that's not a bad thing. I can see that as a good thing. It's always a good thing when uh, Mr. Fretz is on my screen. So, Fretz, are you ready to get into... Uh, Everything within the world of wrestling in the last couple of weeks. I am. Let's go. Let's do the damn thing. All right. So first on this docket today, uh, we have the one thing that occurred literally right when I went off air a couple of weeks ago. Sting shows up on AEW as Mr. Fretz finds his Sting mask, which I did not know you had a Sting mask, but... Uh, <laughs> Fred, yeah, you got to take off the glasses. You're, you're winding the mask a little bit. <laughs> Sting, Steve Borden, as some of you might know him as his real name. Uh, very tall individual, by by the way. I, I met him in person. So um, Sting goes on AEW TV uh, to talk about how about his career and all of a sudden it's getting pretty somber. And he talked about how he debuted at AEW Revolution and that his final match will be at AEW Revolution. And we are assuming that Sting is going to retire permanently after AEW Revolution because Sting has retired before. He retired from WWE, when they put him in the Hall of Fame, he announced his retirement, did the whole stuff. Years later, he shows up on AEW. Uh, so my first question to you, Mr. Fretz, is, or Mr. Sting, Mr. Fretz Sting, or I don't know, Fretz Stingy, I don't even know what to call you, but um, is this the end of Sting? Being in his mid-60s, I think that this is the last we'll see Sting as an in-ring performer. However, as an on-air talent, I do think that he'll probably fill in a role that Arn Anderson did for Cody Rhodes and be a manager of some sort for Darby Allen, who I'm I'm going to assume that might be his final opponent if it's not going to be like a tag team deal with uh, everyone's favorite dead dad lover, Christian. <laughs> yeah, Christian. Christian does hate his fathers. I will tell you that. Uh, and so if it's a Sting's swan song, uh, number one, good for him. Uh, number two, stay retired. Sting, please. 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 I 
I know this man's on borrowed time um, with all the bums, especially that he took in AEW. Please stay retired. I'm happy he's able to walk and function and do all the stuff that he has been doing for such a long time. Um, but I think it's also a blessing for Sting to be able to walk away on your own terms. Not a lot of people were able to do that. Edge, a.k.a. Adam Copeland, was never able, wasn't able to do that for a while. Uh, everybody who's died in the ring or due to injuries from the ring were never able to walk away. So the fact that he's able to walk, Undertaker was able to do it. The fact that he was able to walk away um, with that, cheers, cheers to him. Um on top of that as well, uh, uh, Tony Khan decided he's going to bring back all of Sting's friends, and the first one being Ric Flair, because, of course. <laughs> I mean, historically speaking, Ric Flair, Sting, WCW, first and last match of the of WCW, like, ever. There is history there. They've gone up and down the roads together. Um how long is Flair in this? Is it just for a sting run or is he going to be there for much longer? I don't know. But Fretz, if Flair is in AEW, which woo, I guess, um, what is his role outside of sting? Unofficial party animal, <laughs> uh, par party starter, uh, manager for his son-in-law, Andrade who is still in the company somehow, but I think on Collision, they got the Los Incarnobles back together. Oh, they did. I think. Yes, like, they did. I, 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 don't, I don't get Collision up here. Like right now, TSN 2 or whatever the, the channel mm -hmm. is has Dynamite, but they don't carry Collision. They don't carry Rampage. I mean, you can do. The you can stuff. watch a lot better stuff on a Saturday night than Collision. Not saying that Collision's bad. I'm just like, eh, it's Collision. It's this thing called Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah, that Proven too. Tradition. <laughs> yeah. That too. So so Flair being there, I don't know who else might show up for this Sting retirement run. I feel like it's all a lot of just, uh, I don't even know. It's just a lot of. Muda. Great Muda. Muda, okay, cool. He's He just got into the Hall of Fame. He, WWE Hall of Fame, do what he want. Uh, speaking of Hall of Fame, <laughs> do you think Tony Khan's bold enough? to put Sting into the AEW Hall of Fame. That doesn't exist, by the way. But would Sting be the first entrant into the AEW Hall of Fame? Do you think Tony Khan would be that bold of a person to do it? He'd be that petty, but also, yes. But I I ask this question. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if Nate was in the chat, he would he might know the answer to this. But how old was TNA when TNA established their first Hall of Fame? It was under 10 years. And AEW is at like, what, five now? They're at five now, yeah. and if if the AEW had a Hall of Fame, I, he would put Sting in there because Sting is retiring, and if he stays retired, and if it's on on his time, good because the first time around was not. Yeah, uh, he 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 would he would do that. Yeah, and he would. I bet you that may be what his announcement is tonight. It's something like that. Who knows? That is, I'm going to clown college. <laughs> he passed clown college. It's pretty, pretty evident. Uh, I think that uh, his. Hmm. I think the if you are going to do an AEW Hall of Fame, uh, I, I think the first person that should go in is Cody Rhodes. 
Oh, yeah. And inducted by like the rest of the elite. But think about that. Nobody has had a bigger influence on the world of wrestling, especially the development of AEW, than Cody Rhodes. You know, um, also, I don't know if anybody in AEW notices what they do. Cody's like one of the biggest stars in wrestling. So the fact that you have, from a business and marketing standpoint, putting in somebody who's who's over like Rover, just generally speaking, and be like, oh, he became a name through us, makes your product look that more, um, gives your product that more credibility. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be, it would be funny if they put him in the Hall of Fame, I think. <coughs> it would a, be, a little. From a perspective, especially if he was like the WWE Universal Champion. Yeah, no, I I, I, I do agree with that. There's no guarantee that Cody would show up to his own induction of the Hall of Fame or whatever WWE would let him, which I think they might these days. Because um, it's also, it's publicity is publicity nonetheless. Um but I think if anybody goes to the AEW Hall of Fame first, I think it's Cody. I don't think it's Sting. I, Cody make to me, Cody makes the most sense outside of Kenny and the Bucks. I think Cody makes the most sense. Just from like, yeah, he, just from an impact standpoint, no pun intended. He kind of built up the company. Basically, it's on a bet with. It had to be one of the idiots. Meltzer's it was Meltzer. Or somebody like that. <coughs> okay, it's, it's always fun. It was Meltzer. Meltzer. FDM. FDM, by yeah, the way. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. It, it was Meltzer. Uh, so, yeah. But anyway, Sting is going to retire. So, enjoy the Sting, uh, the Stinger as much as you can. Like I said, hopefully this all goes smoothly and it doesn't have to, you know, be cut short. But he's calling this shot. His final match, AW Revolution. Going to be the first pay-per-view of 2024 for AEW, uh, right after the final pay-per-view for AEW, a brand new pay-per-view for AEW uh, called Worlds and emanating from Long Island, New York at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, not UBS Arena which I find very interesting in and of itself. The original home of the New York Islanders, um, uh, a venue that was downsized by about 4,000, 5,000 seats compared to the current UBS arena where the Islanders uh, reside at. Well, also a National Memorial Coliseum, one of the three locations of WrestleMania II, um, a very historically big wrestling and sports an entertainment venue because of a low ceiling, which means the acoustics are absolutely fantastic. The Fiend debuted at the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, WWE's all-women's pay-per-view, Evolution, was also at the Nassau Coliseum. There is a rich wrestling history, and in particular, at that arena. Uh, this is going to be, I believe this is AEW's first show in that arena, so it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's called World's End. It is the Saturday before New Year's Eve, uh, so it's going to be very, very interesting. Tickets go on sale this weekend, actually. Or, yeah. Uh, they will probably sell out. I think it's good for them because number one, it is a smaller venue and uh, I think you know Fred's first and AEW's been having some difficulty uh, with bigger venues. And I think this will be good for them from an acoustic standpoint. It'll sound great for them. Uh, I don't know how this card's going to stack up, um, but I'm intrigued. Will I go? Probably not. 
but I'm intrigued by it. What are your What are your thoughts on this World's End pay per view? The first thing that uh, when this was announced in our Discord, I got a message from Kay. They said, you know, shit, I'm away for New Year's. Like, I can't go to this. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Kay, by the way, and Will. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's a good thing. It's, you know, there's all these rumored innuendos about AEW is going to have a PLE pay-per-view every month, pending on their uh, streaming deal that is upcoming or quite possibly already in the wraps with, with HBO Max. Uh, and if that's the deal, it's part of it, part of the package like the network. Fine. Yeah. I mean, I can see the card being something like MJF is probably going to headline the show. Like he's as he should. He is not losing the. He is not losing the title. The friggin' uh, Switchblade. As much as I love Switchblade, it ain't happening. But he'll he'll headline this show against. I'm just going to throw a, a name out there and say a returning Jack Perry, who a lot of people think is the devil. Hmm. In the show, not the literal. <laughs> Even people will be like, oh, what if it's CM Punk? Hey, that would be the most elaborate troll of all time. But the devil's out in the cold. Yeah, CM Punk would have to totally skip Survivor Series for that to happen as well. Um, but it And Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, also, with AEW World's End, and to your point where you said that they would be potentially growing towards a, a pay-per-view a month model a la WWE. Um, this makes event number eight for AEW. Let's count them off. Revolution, double or nothing, all in, all out, full gear, wrestle dream, world's end, and I'm forgetting the freaking eighth one. Forgetting the one that I attended, Forbidden Door. And Forbidden Door, yes. That makes eight. So we're getting there. We're getting there um, with that. So, yeah, they have eight calendar. They went with four. They've doubled as of right now. They They have doubled to eight, which, to be honest with you, that's a good number for them in particular. My only issue with them is that what is your WrestleMania, which is all in. I believe all in's the WrestleMania. I think, yeah, because okay, that's the one that's always in Chicago or Wembley now. Next year they're going Wembley. Yeah, next year they're going back to Wembley. And what's literally the week after that? All out. Just <laughs> no. Um, oh, you mean no, oh after Berlin? Yes, yes. Thank you. You know this. It's like you. It's like you put this show together with me. But yes. The week after that, wrestling's going to be in Europe in August. Uh, the week after AEW All In, WWE has announced that on August 31st, 2024, in Berlin, Germany, the capital of Germany, uh, at the Mercedes-Benz Arena, which I hear, really nice arena, uh, WWE's doing their first ever show called The Bash in Berlin, because I guess Bash at the Beach was taken, but do they have beaches in Germany? I don't know. Um, Bash in Berlin Another international premium live event. This is assuming this is going to be after SummerSlam, which in the last couple of years has been earlier on in the year, earlier on in the in the month of August. Some, and I believe it was early July this past year. Um, late, late July, my fault. No, no, this, no, this year it was literally on Civic Holiday Weekend. Okay, so yeah. 
So yeah, it was early August, late July, which it was this year. Um, this is interesting for me. Uh, because as much as I say that AEW has hit, I think, a sweet spot with their pay-per-view slash premium live events at 8, and I think that's really good for them. I'm going to pose this question to you, Frats. Um, is WWE doing too many premium live events? They have, they're doubling down a lot on these premium live events. I think it's going to be close to, if not this year, next year, it's going to be close to like 14, I think. I mean, it's not as bad as at the start of the draft when they had like a pay-per-view every other week. Oh yeah, that was for, for every brand, which at the time it made sense to me. It, it was almost oversaturation. Like when I was doing Ruthless Aggression, it was SmackDown had one month, Raw had another, and they, they overdid it. But next year, I don't think there's that there's going to be too many pay-per-views. If anything, there might be too many international ones because there's also a rumor about backlash taking place in Paris of all places. <laughs> Sacre bleu. I'm all Sacre bleu. Tap it. Tap, okay, what is the? I don't know what French swear words are in Paris. Although I worked with, I worked with a kitchen full of Quebecers and one Parisian. <laughs> that was an interesting experience. <laughs> and then and a Mexican, two Russians, and Albanian and me. You guys must have some great food. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> we had some great food. We had some great. We had some great chats. Um, yeah. If anything, with those and including the Saudi shows, there's going to be about five at least international events like Backlash, Bash at Berlin. Uh, the two, I think they do two Saudi shows a year now. It's about two and, and Elimination Chamber in Australia. That's right. I, I knew I was forgetting one. Which I mean. Rhea Ripley's in the main event and in an Elimination Chamber match in Australia. It writes itself. And in Germany, although he's Austrian, I'm putting my foot down and saying Gunther's going to be the world heavyweight champion either leading into Berlin or coming out of Berlin. I would agree with you on that. I, I think if you don't have Gunther headline this show, you have done a disservice to the build that you've made for him. And at that time... WrestleMania is over. We might have a we might have a bunch of new champions at WrestleMania. It'll be so far removed from WrestleMania season that this is going to be a great way to kick down the doors into the new fall season um, of, of wrestling with a bash in Berlin. And listen, man, WWE just got bigger financially speaking with TKO and UFC, and UFC has a track record of going to places, going all around the world for different fights and and marketing them that way. And WWE and the quote unquote WWE universe is global. It has been proven in with Montreal with Elimination Chamber. I think most impressively, well, couple uh, Money in the Bank in London. Uh, backlash in Puerto Rico was an absurd show. Uh, amazing. Absolutely amazing show. Uh, London, Puerto Rico. Uh, we had another big major international event as well that I'm missing. And it was, I just had it and I, it is, it has escaped me right now. Um, but those three alone are unreal. And also, the, and even though we're going to talk about it, 
the Crown Jewel events, Greatest Royal Rumble, the Saudi shows have also been really good. They're really good. People, Wait, people yes. come out. Um, they're having a good time. They're entertained. And it just makes the product like I, I'm not surprised they're going to go after. Go to Paris and go to Germany and things like that. Assault in Auschwitz. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and things like that, like because. It's proven that people will show out in droves to this, and it's because of the the scarcity that it that it provides. Most WWE shows, and rightfully so, because their main market is the Americas. I mean, it's just exactly. However, if they're going to do these shows in these major cities, it is nothing but positives for them. They're going to sell out. They're gonna show up. I know. Even when we were talking about, um, you know, all in and stuff, and I reading some of some of the stuff that people were so excited for is because for a lot of for a lot of the overseas fans, and I've met them who come to the states for WrestleMania, and they're fantastic people, all of them. Um, they're probably more dedicated than anybody in the Americas, Canada included. No offense, friend. They, I mean, these people are waking up at like. Their time, midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., to watch stuff live that we take for granted for that we can watch at like 8 p.m. Eastern time here. You know, so if they get this one shot, this one opportunity to go and see their performance on their time so they don't have to lose sleep and they can enjoy themselves the way we traditionally enjoy ourselves, more power to them. Have freaking fun. You know, that's... at this point, give them a WrestleMania. I'm all for London going to WrestleMania, and I think it's going to happen um, sometime within the next 10 years. So I, I'm all for this. I just wonder if WWE's overdoing it and loading it up. However, if these are like one-off specials, then I think we're going to be good. That, I think yeah. so. I can see some... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not... No, I was gonna say I could see some of these being like your network specials, much much like the uh, the Beast in Japan. What was that Beast in oh, Japan Beast one? Oh, when uh, Finn when Finn won. When when Finn won, and it had like a Brock a random. It was a random Brock, Brock Lesnar match in Japan. New Day too. versus Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar beat all three of them in like two minutes. Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> oh, a precursor for something that came about three years after that. Unfortunately. I can see it being like a network special, much like that. Mm-hmm. And if we if we get NXT Europe it's next year, because there's a lot of people throwing darts in there, and there is one name being thrown around who, if he signs here, that some people think he could be the main focus of that brand. And do you know who that man I do is? Not actually. Will? Oh Osprey. yes, I did hear about this. Um, which also does remind me, speaking of UK and stuff, the other international event that I totally forgot, and I don't know why, Clash at the Castle was absolutely fantastic. Best card, almost best card of last yeah, year. Absolutely fantastic. And that's that was a one-off show that we know of right now. Where I was like, this could be a yearly thing. <laughs> you know. Uh Clash at the Castle just had a great name, great look, like it was awesome. Um so, so that is interesting, but it also, you, I, I like that you mentioned Will Ospreay because we didn't mention this in AEW when we were talking about World's End. 
MJF's contract is ending in 2024. It is quite possible that MJF comes in to World's End as champion and drops. MJF, by 2024, is going to be the hottest free agent in wrestling. If he hasn't re-signed a new contract already, And if he's smart, he would not. Um, Not saying that... Not saying that he will not re-sign, but I would... If I'm MJF, speaking money perspective here... um, if I'm MJF, I'm not re-signing. I am like I'm like a free agent. Like I'm letting my contract run out, and I'm going to the negotiation table with both WWE and AEW. Hell, even Impact. See what you can get, and field the best offer. I think it would be unwise for him to prematurely re-sign with somebody when he could potentially get more money and highlighted bigger elsewhere. Run a pro and run another program with Cody. Honestly, put all right. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I, 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 I'm going to fantasy this right now. Let's just say, let's just say, before we move on to Crown Jewel, because I know we're getting a little bit longer than you here, but let's say we move, let's say MJF signs with WWE, and let's say Cody beats Roman, which should happen. Um, in Philly, because I think like the stars are aligned for it. like this, this that has to be it. What a better opponent than MJF debuting the next night to ruin Cody's celebration. What a better kickstart! And that night of all nights, the Raw after Mania. You give MJF a very long leash on what he can say and what he cannot say. For that one night, because you need to drill in an impact. Obviously, he can't curse. He can't, you know, he can't cross some lines that he's crossed in AEW, traditionally speaking. But you give him a long leash to kind of unload a little bit. Because MJF is, I think, the most effective when he's on the mic and emotional. He has a yes. very Kevin Owens-like cadence to him. He's a little bit louder than KO, but he's very Kevin Owens in the way that he puts the story together and puts his emotion into it. That would be the ultimate Raw after WrestleMania. And for the love of God, make him heal. Absolutely. No, Cody, Cody would be a face, like make him ba- heal. Not his baby face. Yeah. His baby face runs not good. I, I'm going to yeah. say it. It's, it's weird. It's bromantic, and it's too bromantic. Um you know, but I think him coming, coming, showing up right after Mania, if Cody wins, I think that's the best way to book him. If he resigns, if he, if, I mean, not if he resigns, if he signs with WWE, who knows? Who knows? But that's all speculation. What's not speculation anymore uh, is Halloween Havoc uh, was for the last two weeks in NXT. Um, and, and I will tell you this right now. If you're not watching NXT now, you should. NXT, for all of the shortcomings of the 2.0 version and all of the back and forth and no one knew what was going on and a lot of colors or so many colors, and then Michael Hickenbottom, a.k.a. Shawn Michaels, took over for NXT, Shawn Michaels has has righted the ship of NXT. I, I totally believe it. I've been watching it. Uh, they are very story-driven, which I find 
absolutely fantastic. There's always something interesting going on in NXT. Halloween Havoc was a great two-week showcase, particularly of women talent. The first night of Halloween Havoc had eight segments with just women. Um, It was great to see something that we haven't seen in WWE programming in a very long time. Uh, the match were fantastic. Ilya and Carmelo 2 was a fantastic... Ilya and Carmelo 3, my apologies. Fantastic match. Yet again, uh, Shotzi and Scarlet hosting in different Halloween horror villains were amazing. Uh, Lexus King debuted last week. Like, absolutely fantastic. There was just so much going on with Halloween. They did, this was probably the best Halloween Havoc they put together since they've had it. Uh, Fretz, what are your overall thoughts on Halloween Havoc? I know you watched most of it. I watched, yeah, I only watched the first hour of last night and I managed to watch the entirety of last week and what I remembered out of it. Lexus, if there's any way to make someone forget that you're a second generation wrestler, that's what Lexus King is doing. Because, well, yeah, Brian Pillman was baby when he died. Yeah. He's like, I, I never knew him. Uh, something King. Mr. King, this, let's say his name is Joe King. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe King raised me, and and that's what I'm going, and that's what I'm going by. And Lexus, I think, was something else, like his stepmom. But I love that, and it it it's different. It's great, and the Carmelo and the whole tease with the Who Done It with Trick. And Trick just staring daggers at him. You're talking about story driven. That right there. And I freaking love the metaphor. They're funny. They are so funny. They're so good. Everyone I know is shitting on the Scooby Doo thing <laughs> last night. And I'm like, guys, wrestling is fun. I mean, yeah, this brain of comedy and wrestling is not for everybody, but. I mean, for crying out loud, I'm doing the Attitude Era right now, and it's full of comedy segments <laughs> like this. And I mean, I mean, like Mello and Elia, but be, and we, we had a title change with Lyra Valkyria and Becky, which I saw coming when Becky won the title. Mm-hmm. I mean, I called that because Lyra was kind of watching everything here. Uh, a lot of women's segments, a, a new. Was it Lola Vice? Lola Vice beat Duke Kalani, yes. Um, for the we breakout tournament. We didn't see friggin' Santino. We didn't see friggin' uh, Santino's daughter, though. That was, She got eliminated, but, I think. Uh, she, 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 I, I've seen Ariana. I actually think uh, Ariana Grace is her is her wrestling name. She's got a lot of potential. I, I really like where she could go with this. Um, but I do want to also comment on Alexis King. He... As I mean, he'll never get away from being Brian Pillman Jr.'s son, but I feel like I'm listening to Brian Pillman when I hear Lexus King speak. Like he, he has he he looks like he's like he looks exactly like his father. I mean, I hate to say it, but he looks just like him. Um, he does. He, and his, his cadence, cadence too. is just like he had. He has what Brian Pillman had when he got a promo. He can draw you in. He just, he knows how to join, like, those video packages of him watching the TV for several weeks on NXT, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Because by the time he showed up 
in the match. You knew who he was. You knew what he was all about. His character was built already. It was perfect. Perfect. And I'm interested to see how he carries himself afterwards. He's he's a very punk rock, old school, 80s type hairdo looking guy. And he's different. He stands out in the world of NXT, who is full of characters. Full of characters. Uh, Lyra Valkyria, great match. You can tell Becky wanted her to do it really well. If you really watch that match, um, Becky is uncharacteristically vocal calling the match, um, which she never does. Becky usually hides it a lot better, um, which just showed me Becky really wanted her to look good no matter what. Um, which And Becky also wanted to, you know, elevate a lot of women. Becky Lynch's reign as NXT champion was only 40 days. 40... He defended the title all the time. Bunch, yeah, too. and I, I, as much as I do love that, I hope that title stays in NXT for right now, and they do something else with the women's division, um, on Raw and SmackDown. They do need a secondary title so you can highlight more women uh, on there. But I don't think giving them the NXT title was the way to go about it. But Halloween Havoc overall great. Shotzi and Scarlett should host every year. I don't care. <laughs> um, they're. <laughs> the pinhead costume was oh awful. yeah she started yeah. on this pinhead i was like this is amazing <laughs> and then one of the uh I, I forget the name of the of the witch girls but one of them was maleficent mm -hmm. and oh mwah. yeah chef's kiss chef's, chef's kiss. kiss the shots shotzi is my queen of halloween like shotzi all day every day follower of the kings of the rings podcast too actually thank you shotzi for that so halloween havoc uh great check it out it's two weeks of really really good wrestling kudos to Shawn michaels for putting putting together two great weeks uh of stuff for and watch shotzi's haunting like her and scarlet do all this uh haunted house kind of yes. stuff and and it's uh I, I gotta put a cheap plug in here for a good friend of mine who is it who also does paranormal stuff mm -hmm. and and man, man, if I could see them co-mingling, it would be a dream come true. <laughs> Paranormal XP, Paranormal XP, Paige and yeah. Tara, shout out to you too. I, I worked with both of these ladies in the past. Phenomenal. Awesome, people. awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, all right, so let's move on to the reason that we are here. Uh, us two crown fools are going to talk about Crown Jewel. Now, Crown Jewel coming from uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern time, 10 a.m. on the West Coast specific time. So it's an afternoon pay-per-view, which I'm, I'm I'm all for on a Saturday. It'll be a good time uh, to, to to watch some wrestling. You, so you get to watch in the afternoon. You get the rest of your evening to do whatever the hell you want. I'll probably be going food shopping. Who knows? <laughs> um, who knows what will happen? But... Looking at this card, it's a great card. Not it's it's a good card. I'm not saying like this is this card is ridiculous. There's been other cards this year that I'm like this is a stacked card. This isn't that stacked, but it's good enough. Uh, for instance, we have the WWE Universal Undisputed WWE Universal Championship on the line. Roman Reigns uh, facing L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Which will main event this. I'm excited for this match. I think this will be a great showcase match for, for LA Knight. This is a big, uh, as they say on Above Down, this is a big prove it match for LA Knight. But I expect wholeheartedly for LA Knight to lose this match. Fretz, what are your thoughts on this? 
I'm not going to be watching a good chunk of this. Uh, I will be getting off work at four o'clock, so I might be just in time for the main event. <laughs> you might. I, I'm probably going to watch it. I, I'm probably going to watch it a little later, but it's it's fine. I've missed all the other international shows this year because of work. It's fine. Yeah. But I look at this and everyone's like, L.A. Knight's a megastar. He should immediately win the title. I'm going to take you back to 1997. Ooh. Stone Cold Steve Austin got his first shot at the WWE Championship against The Undertaker at a random in your house. Obviously, he did not win. Mm -hmm. Stone Cold was still on the rise, and this was just months before he got dropped on his head at SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. and he went from there. I can see this moment being for LA Knight where he comes this close to winning the championship to no avail, but... I have a fantasy book about L.A. Knight and a certain title that we'll talk about at a later title match. But Roman Reigns is winning out right here. I believe we're going to see shenanigans from Solo Sokoa or God knows another Samoan that is out of MLW right now who is related to Roman. Uh, yes, Mr. Fatu. We could. Mr. F- yeah, uh, Jacob Fatu, though, is still under contract for another year or so. But there's a couple of other offshoot relatives who are there who could be growing the bloodline before it all implodes when the story ends at WrestleMania for yeah. this is going to be, a, I expect this to be a very good competitive match. LA Knight just being blatantly disrespectful and interrupting the entrance and just beelining past him, not even looking at him and sitting at the head of the table. You know, he's on the rise and you know it from all the, Crowd reactions and the funked up audio. <laughs> uh, what, what, what did we call that? What, what did we call that? Audios issues? Oh, the piped, piped in. in. Yeah, it's all piped, piped in, in stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, supposedly. <laughs> all, all, the, all the supposedly piped in, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is going to be LA's close but no cigar title match, much like Steve Austin before he went up to the moon. Yeah, the bravado of LA night. I just watched it cause I had a, I had people over last Friday. So I watched it on DVR this afternoon, but the revival of LA night, uh, which makes him, this was the most Eli Drake he's been in WWE in a very, very long time. Uh, since like he debuted in NXT, the bravado of him, uh, the bravado of, of a writing team to even write that in for him. It just shows that LA Knight is something different. They're making him unique. He's the one person that does not show reference to Roman at all. Uh, he sat on the spot. He even, he even got so bold and brought up the infamous suffering suck promo. Uh, during Roman's, during Roman's infantile days when he was struggling to be a solo character. Um, as part of that contract signing package, which I was like, wow, that is a bold move. But I think that's the LA Knight character. LA Knight is bold. He's brash. He's out there. He's in your face. And he's going to die on that hill. Um, and if Roman is any any part of a Samoan businessman that I think he is, he's going to make LA Knight shine as best as he can while still winning. And that's what the goal is. LA Knight is, should be... This should solidify LA Knight as an upper main event star. 
Should. And L.A. Knight referencing basic thugonomics when he was talking to Roman, like this is a quick way to get referred to in the past tense. He he, ref- he referenced basic thugonomics in front of John Cena to L.A. Knight. Just again, more bravado. It's top tier what they're writing for him. And we wouldn't have been saying this a year ago with fucking Max Dupree. As much as I love the maximum male models, I love like maximum male models on Twitter. They're so good on Twitch right now, too. Oh, I got to watch like, them. I fully expect them to be because they're, they're really chummy with OSW review. And I fully expect them to be like do the ad break questionarium in their next video. Like I'm calling it. Yeah, they're so funny. And all the stories about all these gimmicks that they didn't do. Like we can talk about that in the post show, but just. Oh, yeah, man. crazy. This is crazy, crazy times. But I think we're we're all in on saying, LOL, Roman wins on what might be his final match of 2023, which I'm okay with. Let him let him rest up for WrestleMania season, which is going to be right around the corner. Uh, moving on, the World Heavyweight Championship. And I forgot how pretty this belt looks all the time. Uh, Seth Regan Rollins going up against a very, uh, a, a very, a very petty and very angry uh, Drew McIntyre. And honestly, this might be a toss-up for me, Mr. Freds. You have Drew McIntyre here. Let's let's have, you have Drew McIntyre here, who rightfully brought up that he tried his hardest to carry WWE through the pandemic. He never got his chance to shine in front of everybody as the as the guy of the company. He will probably go down in the history of pro wrestling as the forgotten champion of WWE because of when his reign occurred. Also because Sasha and Bailey put the company on their back and everybody knows it. Um but you know, but he's he's that's that's his legacy right now and I can understand it makes sense that he is so visibly pissed that he never got that opportunity to be the guy and now you have Seth who has been the guy for a while and now has a belt aka the shut up Seth Rollins he's a world title belt uh on him and Seth saying get over it and things like that and Drew's like you're taking this for granted blah 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 it's a good organic story which makes me kind of lean to Maybe Drew could win this in a shock victory. Maybe, you know, um, or does Seth continue this crazy role? Becky just dropped, which makes me believe Becky might be taking a little bit more time off. Could Seth also drop as well? Or is there something else in the works? Fred, I'm going to have you make your choice first. Yes, there is something else in the works. And I'm going to add to I'm going to add to your prediction of Drew McIntyre. Yes, Drew McIntyre, but a certain senior money in the bank has been heezing and just waiting in the grass like a snake ready to strike. He's he's going to get there. And Saudi crowned Seth Rollins, the world heavyweight champion earlier this they year. Did. History. How about the first cash in Overseas, there's never been a cash in overseas. There has we got close with Austin Theory, but that did not happen. That did not count, and Austin Theory called his shot and lost in a random round. Yeah, he did. Either way, Damian Priest, I think, is walking out of Saudi Arabia as the world heavyweight champion. Oh, 
Okay. I'm calling that right right now. I like it. I like it. So you so all right, let me get this straight. So you're saying Seth wins. But he gets cast it. No, Drew. Drew wins. Okay. You know what? I'm He gets his but he, he's like, yes, I get my moment. And then I like it. I actually like because that's where I'm gonna go. I think Drew beats Seth. Drew is so happy he gets this moment, only to get it taken away from him. I like it. I like it a lot. I also like it for the fact that I forget half the time that Damian Priest has that briefcase. I forget all the time, which means it's working. That's what it means. It means it's working. Who did it work for? Who did it work for like that in the past? Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. And arguably Ziggler too. Uh, Edge, CM Punk, you know, it's, it works. It, it it works, and so I think that's a good way. And also, you make Damian Priest champion. They've been riding Judgment Day for a really, really long, long time. And I think you give Damian Priest a title. He gets a mini run as champion. I mean, Damian Priest winning would be. Re- I would be really happy for the man known as formerly known as Punishment Martinez. We know what he's been through. We know all the stuff he's apps he's done. Cody called him out on Monday, saying twenty years and you're you're still like a sideshow. Um, which is essentially what Cody called him. Like, you don't know how to take initiative, which I was like, wow. I was like, I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was scripted or if Cody's just like shooting from the hip there. Cause like that sounded really personal. Um, it, it, like it looked, it sounded really personal. Um, so it would Whoa. make sense that you give Damien Priest this mini run as world champion, satisfy money in the bank cash because we haven't had a successful one for the men in like two years. And he runs it through Royal Rumble or something like that. Give him a two, three month reign. See what he does with it. And work from there. I, I'm, I'm all good. So we're going to, all right. So we are officially our two, we're, 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 we're synchronized here, frets. We're getting <laughs> Drew wins. Damien Priest cashes in. I like it. I like it. And then Drew actually gets his moment at WrestleMania for real. Maybe. Before he drops the title, the Gunther in Berlin. <laughs> Let's go. 2024 is booked. <laughs> yeah, most of it is booked. Yes, I agree. Uh, now we've got a little bit of a championship scramble. Not really. It's going to be a fatal five way. I believe it's elimination or it may not be, but fatal five way. Uh, for the women's world championship, Mommy Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Stark, uh, Shayna Baszler, Raquel Rodriguez, and the Annihilator, Nia Jax. This is a match that can be really good or go downhill really quickly. Uh, the spots in this match have to be very well coordinated. Outside of Zoe Stark, and no offense to her, I can see everybody else winning this match. Um, And I can probably create good reasons for everybody. It's hard for me to bet against Rhea Ripley. And I'm not going to at this moment because, even though we're not mentioning this on the show, and I'm just remembering it now, Rhea Ripley was ranked number one in PWI's uh, top 150 or 125 for women. And usually when that comes out, 
that gives you a couple of more extra months with the world title. And I think that's what's going to be in play here. I'm interested more so to see how Zoe performs, how Raquel performs, and how Nia performs in Nia's biggest match since her return and a big match for Raquel and Zoe on this big of a kind of a stage. But Zoe kind of started getting her meteoric rise with Trish at the last Saudi show as well. Uh, but everything aside... Rhea's leaving Crown Jewel with this belt. What? 100%. Mm-hmm. And speaking of PWI rankings and titles, uh, do you know who was ranked 500 in the PWI 500? Uh, wasn't that Andre Chase? And he just won the tag team championship. Which was about time. Good for Andre Chase in that. He has put in a lot of work. Chase, I... I was rooting so hard. For, I was so happy when Chase U won. I almost bought a shirt. He was really happy, too. But what do you expect from this match, Mr. Fretz, this Fatal Five Way? I, well, I hope it's good. Like, a, a lot of people shit on Nia Jax, but I think that she is slightly improving in the ring. Like, she's had coaching. She's had the right people. She's trained better. She um, drops. She she looks better. Like, like physically, she looks like she's in better shape. Looks looks better too. Yeah. And I I don't think it's elimination. So if it's not an elimination match, it might be a bit of a clusterfuck. But it's because there's there's five people, six people on the ring if you count the referee, yeah. and it it can get a little crowded in there. There's no way Ray Ripley's Ray is losing this title. Yeah. I don't think it's see a shock short run from someone like, okay, just for the internet reaction, I want to see Nia Jax walk out with the title just because it would be. Chaotic. I mean, I do too. And Twitter would, I would, Twitter would burn. Like, so I would funny. do like a Nia Jax memorial episode. <laughs> Bring me on. Like, count, like, count remember when we did, Miz, remember, like, one of our first streams, we did Miss Appreciation Night? <laughs> I would do that again. It would be called like Jacked Up for Naya or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jacked Up for Naya. Oh, it would be a Naya Jacks tribute show. Uh I, I I thought about this when you were saying when you were talking about this match as well. When when WWE first partnered with the um with the country of Saudi Arabia to put on these shows. There was a lot of scrutiny from some of our hosts, not myself, about the addition or lack thereof of women. And even when they were allowed to be on the show, uh, you know, some of her dress and stuff. And that stuff is kind of like very calmed down. I mean, they still are very covered in a sense, but... I think it's, it's something to be said about these continuous relations that WWE has had as being an American product with the country of Saudi Arabia and the progression that they have shown with allowing more women to be a part of the show. Like, remember, we had like a we had like a false kind of match with Bailey and Bianca. Uh, Renee Young was the first ever female announcer in Saudi Arabia. We had the Lacey Evans and Natty matches, the big beginnings of it. And now we're having a five women match 
on this card in Saudi Arabia. Um, I think that's great. I think that's great all around. Huge. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's huge. Um, and I, I that as well, I think, is a lot of added pressure for these women. But I think uh, they will, most of them will live up to that moment. And I think they all understand the magnitude of that uh on them so I'm, I'm hoping for the best for this and i think Rhea still comes out of here uh as champion so moving on speaking of women and bianca belair bianca and io are going for the wwe undisputed women's championship uh bianca belair returning after being away for a couple of months and rightfully so going up against the genes of the sky io with damage control not far behind as much as I love Bianca, and I know, and people close to me also love Bianca as well, uh, I think Damage Control really starts to show more damage because they obviously they screwed Charlotte out of winning, and I think a loss, a win for EO, and I'm going with EO as my official pick. A win for EO does more for a win for EO does more than a win for Bianca. I think Bianca is a made woman. And I think Bianca I think there's I think there's a several matches for Bianca that don't involve the title leading into WrestleMania season where Bianca will still be a marquee highlighted match potentially. And I don't think she needs this title right now. At the moment, I understand the need for it because obviously EO cashed in and beat her and all of that stuff. Um, but I think Bianca doesn't need this title right now. And I think EO still runs with this title for a little bit longer. Uh, so I'm going to go with EO Shirai here. Or EO Sky. I can't call it EO Shirai. It's EO Sky. Fretz, what are your thoughts on this matchup? EO Sky walks out of here with, with the title. And I do think that this also does more for Bianca because, well, <clears throat> who is she currently w with? Mar they're married, right? Her and Montez yes, are married. Yes, they have been married for a while. They have been married. And, uh, yeah, Pez has, some, has a new friend in Mr. Robert Lashley. So Bianca's been more and more frustrated, let's say, in the recent weeks in promos on SmackDown. A win for EO here with some shenanigans, sure. of course. I can see set Bianca on a course to the dark side, eventually to the team I have affectionately called Smoke Business. <laughs> uh, I, I can see something like that because that also gets her in a non-title marquee spot for WrestleMania, even if it's like a multi-person match like the smoke business versus uh the the don't call them bullet club <laughs> meet in and, and 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 the squad yeah. uh no i i like it and i think like i said imagine one week beating charlotte and two weeks later being bianca for the title it's a great resume for eo to build i i i like bianca potentially going to lashley and street profits group potentially as the heater of the group as well, which again, would be fantastic. Uh, I, I still selfishly want, and I think it'll be great. I think it'll be great for the progression of women's wrestling WWE in particular. If we got Charlotte Bianca, just a straight up match at WrestleMania. 
Because I need Bianca to finish the four horsewomen off. Because she hasn't done. Oh, that's the one she. That's the one she has. It's beaten. Charlotte. Yep, Charlotte's the last one. Oh, okay. I think I. I, I like that. She's got to complete it. I I really think she's got to complete it. And you do, and that's a matchup where you do not need the title for. That story writes story itself. Writes itself. Yeah, it's very easy. So yeah, uh, Eo, we're 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 pretty we're pretty synced up here. Eo Eo Sky comes out of uh, Crown Jewel with this and. The worst kept secret. John Cena's wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. John Cena versus Solo, as announced on People Magazine. Uh, John Cena cut a very interesting promo on SmackDown, kind of hinting at the end of his run, you know, and only to be sidelined, or not sidelined, only to be interrupted by Paul Heyman, who actually... And I never know where Paul's going with this problem, but it's that felt like a half shoot by Paul to Cena. And Paul also solidifies himself as the greatest manager, potentially top five greatest booker of all time, because who was in charge of SmackDown when John Cena started rising? Paul Heyman. (laughs) Like Paul Heyman is the mastermind behind pro wrestling. He is the underboss that doesn't give enough credit for what he has pulled. And Paul Heyman is the one that saw it and that helped to cultivate it. Um, Obviously, Cena had his ups and downs, but Paul Heyman saw something. And Paul Heyman's proud of, uh, of of what John Cena has in common. And the line that struck me with Paul is that he said, I raised my kids to be more like you than like me. And I was like, wow, that's a, that was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he was like, you could have had it all. And then you decided to go against the bloodline. I was like, ah, oh, you got me again, Paul. Um, it's hard for me to go against John Cena, especially in crown jewel and in Saudi Arabia. Um, this is another thing where, John Cena is going to try to make Solo look as best as possible, and Solo might take a loss here. I would, or put this way, I think Cena's winning. I would be shocked if Solo beats Cena. But if Solo does beat Cena, it shows you how generous John Cena is. Initially, when this match was announced, I had Solo in the pocket. I had him winning. Until John Cena started bringing up the fact that it's been this many days since he won uh, a match, like a, a TV one-on-one match, because him and L.A. Knight beat the Bloodline at whatever that the last fast lane. You know, fast what was lane. that last fast lane? Thank you. But L.A. Knight had the pin in that match. Mm-hmm. John Cena still won. He hasn't won a one-on-one match since was it 20, 2019? Some of that. Barry like beat him at WrestleMania this year. Yeah, shit match, by the way. That was abysmal. Mm. Um, uh, I I have Cena winning here. He is going to give Solo a good showing. I thought this was a WrestleMania 40 match that we were going to build to. Let's just say if the writer's strike went on or off and you long build this one. Yeah. But I'm switching to Cena's going to get that win. He's going to. But he's going to make Solo look look like a million bucks. 
much like he did with Umaga at Rumble 07. I see it coming off kind of the same way. I mean, Solo does have a lot of the Umaga characteristics. And um, I think one of the things John really does relish is working with younger talent and helping them out. All the stories that came from his appearance on NXT about how much time he spent with all of them. Um, it's just a sign of just how much of a good person he is. And character aside, John Cena's a great guy, you know, and I think he's going to make Solo shine. And there's probably no one else that the Samoan dynasty <laughs> and wrestling in general trust with a younger talent than John Cena, especially now. Younger John Cena, not so much. This version of John Cena, I think he'll be fine. But Cena wins because, you know, the crowd's got to be happy about something. Because um, LA Knight's not winning. But Cena wins. It's a, this, might start, this might start to show, to be honest with you. This might start to show. Um, what's not going to start to show will be this match. Uh, the Maverick himself, who has really upped his douchebag level, Logan Paul, um, versus... WWE Hall of Famer and current United States champion, Rey Mysterio. Now, love him or hate him in real life. Logan Paul has a great intelligence about him, and he's picked up wrestling first physically and now the psychology of it rather well. This current run, even though it's very infantile since he came back from that boxing uh, feud, uh, which clearly he set up this Ray thing. He is so much more into his character and his douchebag self, um, and he makes you hate him. And he's figured out that psychology around it where you want to see Ray Mysterio beat the crap out of him. Um, and if Logan Paul wasn't so successful in about a thousand other different projects, he'd probably be a full-time talent. However, Logan Paul did resign, and he said he wanted to win a title. And I think it happens today. I think Logan Paul beats Rey Mysterio and becomes the United States champion. I think that's the heat you want. And what a better resume builder for future Hall of Fame consideration than I beat Rey Mysterio for the United States championship. Remember, Logan Paul main evented with Roman Reigns. A little over a year ago. For the title. Like for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And it was a great match. <laughs> it was a great match. It is about time that Logan Paul, I think deservedly, gets a title run. Give him the US title. You're not giving him a major title. I doubt they'd give him the world title. Although I would not be surprised if he got a world title run somewhere down the road. But... We need to see how he is with the U.S. title and how he can carry the U.S. title. And I think this is a great opportunity to do it. I'm going to go with Logan Paul here. Fred, who do you have? Same thing. Logan Paul, he's going to take this title. He's going to do all of his publicity stunts with it, like his podcast with it. Uh, funny thing with him and KSI and Prime, you know who just signed on to be like a uh, – Spokesperson, commercial guy with Prime. No, I do not. Who? Austin Matthews. Why do I know that name? Maple Leafs. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Yes. Prime also yeah, really Maple cheap to buy, by the way. At least in the state. Overrated. At least in the state. It is a little bit overrated, but it, it's cheap. It's a cheap alternative to some other stuff. It, 
It's a cheap alternative to Gatorade. I do not touch energy drinks. <laughs> yeah. But. No, I get it. Yeah, it is. It is a very cheap alternative. But yeah. No, I think Logan Paul's right. And like that U.S. title is so very pretty. And I have a replica, uh, obviously behind me. Um, but it's gaudy. It's pretty. It's something that I can see Logan Paul running around America with. You know. And then losing at WrestleMania to everybody say L A Night. Yeah. 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 That's that's your that's your WrestleMania feud because they had a little back and forth at money before money in the mm-hmm. bank. And who's as more beloved, who's more beloved than LA Knight? Almost no one. Who's more despised than Logan Paul? Almost no one. And it's a great pop culture thing that'll also send LA Knight into pop culture that doesn't involve Slim Jims. Honestly, yeah, and the interesting thing about Logan Paul and the W title, and we're being we're on the precipice, obviously, of Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season, is uh, this thing is that Logan Paul is an entertainer, I think, at heart, and a businessman second, and with all of his property that he does. I mean, they did the same thing when Pat McAfee, when Vince had Pat McAfee on, we set up that we we set up Pat McAfee getting his WrestleMania match. You can do a lot of cross-promotion, a lot of cross-branding. LA Knight interrupts Impulsive podcasts, or LA Knight shows up during a Logan Paul whatever event and gets in the space. This would be a pure cross-promotional WrestleMania build because this can happen anywhere, like Sami Zayn showing up at Johnny Knoxville's Jackass premiere. Uh, You know, Johnny Knoxville putting Sami Zayn's phone number on a blimp, you know, in LA, like, you know, this has the poss- this has the potential to be a big thing unless LA Knight's gonna lose. But nothing will make him more of a megastar and a pop culture, like I said, a pop culture kind of iconic moment than him be- getting in the face of Logan Paul on something outside of WWE TV. And I think that's a I I love the build. I hope they go with that. Um, because I think Logan Paul, LA Knight is a great Night one opening match for WrestleMania. Then the next year, LA Knight may be going for a big title. Exactly. This could be his John Cena at WrestleMania 20 moment. Yeah, LA Knight's like, what, 40? But I mean, Wrestler look at the Prime. Look at Wrestler Prime. Edge, just, <laughs> Chris Jericho is on my screen literally right now, and he's 49, tagging with Kenny Omega against 2.0. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I like if it. You're. <laughs> Logan Logan Paul Logan Paul's beating Ray and I think I think that's a good thing. Uh moving on down the card speaking of which Damian Priest send your money in the bank is going up against Cody and if our prediction is correct that Damian does cash in this will start the show. Cody this is start Cody the show. and Priest are going to start the show which will lead to a potential cash-in by Priest later. Uh, I like this. It's not a Saudi Arabia show if Cody Rhodes doesn't, hasn't almost lost a limb, which he almost did, and is hobbling around. Um, I love it. You have to. You really have to sow the seeds of the sun. Like I said, if we are going with the premise that Damien leaves Saudi Arabia as with three belts, you know, the two tag team title belts and the the world heavyweight title, uh, Damien has to lose. 
And I think Damien does lose here because you gotta he's gotta be on a little bit of a more of a losing streak so that you don't see it coming when he catches in. And I think that's the formula they're going with. I think Cody gets his first win in Crown Jewel to a lot of woes and a crap ton of pyro. Mr. Fretz, do you believe Cody, Captain America Cody, home runner Cody, gets this? Totally forgot that Priest and Balor won the titles back. Like a yeah, they hot potato the crap out of it. I was that. not happy, but whatever. They, yeah, they hot potatoed that. I, but I knew that like friggin' Jey Uso and Cody wasn't long for this world. Yeet. <laughs> yes, Cap, we uh, Captain America is gonna fr- gonna freeze and uh, win this, and we'll see Damian Priest dressed up as Red Skull. For the other <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting. Um, I, you want to you want to get really silly real quick because we're almost done. You want to get really silly? Uh, here's here's how silly we're gonna get. All right, so Damian Priest wins the world title, and <laughs> he he's he runs he finishes to twenty twenty three as the world champion, whatever. And he's looking for he, you need a Royal Rumble opponent for Damian Priest. What better opponent than Bad Bunny? Are they going back to um, uh, not Rico. Are they going back down Puerto Rico next no, year? No, but the Royal Rumble is in Tampa, and that's close enough to Puerto Rico. Um, okay. And Bad Bunny had his first Whoa. match in Tampa at WrestleMania. Um, why not? If this is just a throwaway and Damian drops at some other point or something like that, the world title is kind of a title you can filter some people in and out with. Why not for your second, third biggest show of the year, the Royal Rumble, Bad Bunny, Damien Priest. You saw what they did at Backlash. They should have main evented. Give them a main event level match at Royal Rumble for the world title. Make it so wild that Bad Bunny could be the WWE world champion leaving Royal Rumble. That that prince money. Prince money. I am in. <laughs> give, me, give me what I want Batista gift right here. Right here. I don't think it's going to happen, but let's say I would have Bad Bunny versus Damien Priest. They put on classics before, but can freaking do it again. Make it absolutely wild. I would love it. Bad Bunny is Bad Bunny is the is a celebrity that's a wrestling fan. <laughs> you know. Um it's it's a win win for everybody. Just like Logan Paul with the titles, a win win. Um, plus, Bad Bunny just came up with his new album and stuff. Like, it there's there's a lot of reasons why that would work for on the, in the short term, and I think it's a good thing. But all in all, Cody's winning this. Uh, moving on to the kickoff show, ladies and gentlemen, we are kicking it off. Sami Zayn. Versus J.D. McDonough. Uh, this is going to be on the kickoff starting around uh, noon, which means I'll probably be out getting food when this match is going on. Um, it's a toss-up. I'm going to say Sammy wins. Uh, Sammy sold me with that promo on Raw uh, this week. Very passionate. He hasn't been that he hasn't been that excited about something in a long time. Uh, but I liked it. I love there's a little bit of truth in that, especially if you follow Sammy for Syria um, and what he's what he's really all about um, outside of his character. 
I, I thought it was really cool. Um, like I loved seeing Sammy the first time around when he when he finally got his match with Kevin when him and Kevin were tag team champions when they were in Saudi Arabia. I could see this again for him. Uh, having a good time. Uh, yeah, I just I also just don't see JD McDonald winning just yet. I don't know what it is with him. Like, just put him in the judgment day already, number one. But get him a win or something. He just seems... I don't know what it is with J.D. McDonough, but there's something missing that they haven't pulled the trigger on him with. But all in all, I'm going to say this. Sami Zayn wins. Kick off the show in good fashion. Do you agree with me, Fred? Sami Zayn winning this thing out? What? I really want to, but just, just to be different this time <laughs> and for... Judgment Day related shenanigans and other predictions that we have. I'm going to say with shenanigans and like a foot on the rope, JD gets an upset here. I like Sammy's promo. Sammy is really reminding me of Mick Foley. And in my time, I'm I'm about to wrap up his career, of which you're invited to one of said shows. Um, I I, I see a lot of that in Sammy. And Mick Foley was someone who was good at working from underneath. Mm, so is Sammy. Yes. Put the stack, all these decks against him with JD eventually becoming a real member of the Judgment Day, not a bag carrier or a title carrier, which he could be. And then you get, and, and instead of bad, I love Bad Bunny versus Priest at the Rumble. I love Yeah, it. man. What if this leads to Sammy? Versus Priest at the Rumble as well. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful story. And and we go here, finish the story, they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm j- just to be different, I want to I want to pick JD. I've always liked Devlin, especially when he was in the Cruiserweight division. Yeah. But he's missing, I agree, he's missing something. And that something is a group and a mouthpiece, which is the group. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the Crown Jewel event. I was going to say the Saudi Arabia show, but it is a Saudi Arabia show. But it is the event called Crown Jewel for for 2023. After talking about this with Fretz for almost an hour, there's a lot of interesting stuff that could happen on the show. A lot of interesting things that happened on the show, and I'm a little bit more excited for it now than when we first started. Overall... I'm going to give this show, when we're crowning it, one crown being the worst show in the world, ten crowns being the best show ever, uh, I'm going to crown this show. I predict this show will be a solid, because I don't think everything we're going to ask for is going to happen. Right now, I'm going to give it a solid 7.5 crowns. I think it's going to be... Ironically, it's good. I, I predict it to be an average, quote-unquote average, uh, premium live event. But something's going to happen that's going to surprise and that we're not going to see coming. It's probably going to bump up to like an 8 or an 8.5. But right now, I'm going 7.5 on paper. Fred, what about you? How how good do you think the show will be? Going to be able to see all of it live again work. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a solid 7. I mean, if I'm in during like the main event matches, mm-hmm. perfect. And I'll catch the rest of it when I'm done doing uh, my show stuff but yeah seven i can see some things if some things happen and bump it to the eight and nine levels yeah it'll, it'll be a good way to spend an afternoon yeah 
It is. WWE has a WWE has had a recent track record of doing a really good job with their shows, especially their international shows, and making them great TV. WWE in general has really done a great job uh, upping the intensity uh, of all of our premium live events. Like a lot of the times, it was like, oh, they would just ramp it up for like a WrestleMania or like a, or a Royal Rumble or a SummerSlam. But in the in the past couple of years, every premium live event seems like a big deal. It really does. I think that's attributed to the international sales and the, the international expansion of the premium live events, as well as the caliber of matches at the premium live events and also the scarcity of matches at the premium live events outside of WrestleMania, where if you are on the card for these premium live events, you are on there for a reason. Gone are days where we get eight, nine matches, four or five hour shows. We're getting five to seven this one's a little bit bigger, but five, five to seven, maybe even eight at max matches. But everybody gets a chance to breathe. And wrestling has been all the better for it. WWE has been all the better for it. Um, and so I, I expect I expect this to be a great intensity level. I expect a lot of pyro. Saudi Arabia loves their pyro. Um, and I expect that stage to be fantastic. It's one of those things that the the stadiums in Saudi Arabia have they have a lot of space and WWE does a great job of making that seem like a huge deal like we're talking WrestleMania level stages and I've always loved that about the about the Crown Jewel uh and other Saudi Arabia shows that they've had as well but ladies and gentlemen that concludes our show uh this week I want to thank Mr. Fretz for being on the show and predicting uh Crown Jewel with me Mr. Fretz do you have anything to plug before we get out of here Yes uh for one thing a uh, big veto of WCW fame just followed me on Instagram so that's an interesting oh, yeah. thing You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky Threads at Fretzelmania, F R E T Z L E Mania. Uh, my podcast, uh, I am currently actually doing the Attitude Era for a good chunk of time. I was doing the Ruthless Aggression Era, but for several reasons, I thought I would shake things up just a little bit. <laughs> this week, I'm, drop I'm dropping Armageddon 99, and that show sucks, <laughs> except for one thing a very monumental relationship begins at armageddon 99 and do you know what that is uh was that that was that the beginning of the mcmahon helmsley regime that is that's about the only memorable thing that came out of that show and the cat got her tits out oh that episode okay i got it oh the cat yeah yeah we're, we're leading into world royal rumble 2000 and I'll see it here. You're coming on for that. That it's Cactus Jack versus Triple H. It's it's a fun show. Yeah, those MSG shows from the two, from the late '90s right to downs are always must see and brutal TV uh, to to watch as well. So with that being said, let's get out of here and head to the post show, shall we? <sighs> Deep breath, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Kings of the Rings podcast episode number 357, Crown Fool. There are no fools 
on this show tonight as I had one of the greatest pieces of Canadian royalty ever, Mr. Fretz, join me for Kings of the Rings podcast. You can find me at Ambassador Biggs across all social media outlets whenever I decide to return. Um, find Kings of the Rings podcast at KOTR underscore podcast across all social media outlets. Like, share, subscribe, leave us five-star reviews. The links to all of our stuff are in the description below, including links to some of our fantastic merch, which I'm wearing a very, very comfortable hoodie uh that we have right now and very comfortable and very warm because it got really freaking cold very very quickly here uh in new york if you're subscribing to if you're listening to us uh on your favorite podcast platform make sure you're listening to us on wrestle and free of the cure for the common wrestling podcast home to the fretzelmania podcast as well uh follow wrestle addict radio at addict underscore wrestle on twitter because i refuse to call it x and wrestle addict radio everywhere else the links again to all of that are in the description below when we come back next week when i come back next week we're gonna or the week after that i don't know we might be doing one week we might do bi-weekly depends on my mood since i'm pretty much holding down the fort until will and k come back i'll probably have a new guest um new things to talk about in wrestling tony khan will have seven new announcements uh and we'll all probably have a good laugh about it and so for mr frets uh myself kings of the rings podcast and wrestle attic radio goodbye good night we'll see you soon and frets you are the canadian on the show so please send us off the way that i would usually do to your fellow countrymen you slack <laughs> that's right fuck you slack we'll go we'll see you guys soon that is the real crown fool see you later folks